welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter podcast for true Potterheads. Um, in this podcast, we're rereading the books chapter by chapter, including all of our knowledge of the world and what's happening in our discussion. I'm Robin. Um, and I'm Bayana. Um, we are, I don't know, super Potterhead nerds. Um, <laughs> and we're really excited about this. This is uh, chapter three, The Letters from No One. Um, yeah, we're excited. Yeah, so this is a spoiler-heavy podcast, uh, so if you haven't read Harry Potter, what's wrong with you? Also, um, we will be spoiling things, so know that now, and let's go. Yep. Um, we're gonna start with announcements and reminders. Um, okay. (laughs) Um, so we want this podcast to be interactive, and we want to know your thoughts on the different chapters in the book. So please, um, feel free to tweet along with us. You can use the hashtag wizardteam, um, or, I mean, you can add us at We Black and Nerds, but that kind of takes up, like, characters, so Mm -hmm. it's probably better if you just use the hashtag, and we'll try to check it as much as possible. Also, make sure to read our blog, so as Bayana mentioned, uh, we have a Twitter account at We Black and Nerds, but all of that goes from comes from our blog, Black Girls Nerd Out. We update the blog every Tuesday and Thursday with new posts and some posts on other times, but that's our big schedule. Um, some Harry Potter related, some not. Um, but yeah, make sure that you are checking out what we're putting up on the blog. Um, and then we're also, we're going to be starting this new project pretty soon, um, for if you're, you know, if you're a black Potterhead who's ever wondered what it would be like to be at Hogwarts, um, or if you just want to, like, write, just kind of imagining, like, what your life would be like if you were black at Hogwarts. Um, so the project is called Hogwarts BSU, and so in our minds it's more of, it's like a collection of short stories, um, fan art, um, it could be, like, pretty much any type of writing, like, poetry, song, you could write a rap, I don't, it doesn't really matter, um, but, so we have, like, a couple, a few gu- guidelines, um, they're on our website at, um, blackgirlsnerdout.com, um, yeah, and then you can, like, look at that, and then you can email us at weblackandnerds at gmail.com if you have other questions. Um, also, if you want to contribute something else that's not Potter-related, we are open to contributors on the blog. Um, so if you want to write posts about being a black nerd, you can also email us at weblackandnerds at gmail.com. And make sure to follow us throughout social media. We're on Facebook at Black Girls Nerd Out, on Twitter at We Black and Nerds, at Yana underscore Hallows, like the Deathly Hallows, and Yana is Y A N A. And at Robin, R-O-B-Y-N, underscore Ravenclaw. We're also on Instagram at Black Girls Nerd Out and Tumblr at Black Girls Nerd Out. Um, which we need to update. <laughs> we definitely need to update. Immediately. Um, okay, so now let's do some Potter news. Um, so, first from Pottermore, which is hilarious that we like talk about Pottermore and neither of us are on it. Um, I was on Pottermore pretty heavily in the beginning. 
skinny. So I tried to be, because, but that was at the time when it was like not all the way working. So it was like, yeah. oh, we put up this one new chapter and then it took like five minutes and then you're just sitting there like, now what? Um, so <laughs> I'm sure it's better now. But, but also we grown, so. Yeah, we grew up. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, Pottermore News. Um, Hufflepuff just won the last Hogwarts Cup before the students move on to the Wizarding World. So that's cool. I feel like Hufflepuff has won a lot of them, actually. Because I think I follow Pottermore on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And I think Hufflepuff won most of them, which is, like, good for them. Good for Hufflepuff. They don't get a lot of shine in the books or the movies. But it's good that in the real world, or at least the Pottermore world, Hufflepuff is a cool place to be. Mm -hmm. I was wondering, because last week we talked about how um, on Pottermore, people are the students are moving on out into the Wizarding World. If you're younger and you just join, are you immediately in the Wizarding World, or do you still have to go to Hogwarts? I would hope you have to go to Hogwarts. I feel like if I were to start again, I would want to go through Hogwarts first, and then once I finish like the books, I would then go to the Wizarding World. But I don't know. Okay, because it's just weird to say that Hufflepuff won the last Hogwarts Cup. Well, that's what but, it said, so maybe yeah, it was like... that's why I was like, like okay, nope. now they're done with the books and we're going to be out in the Wizarding World. I don't mm-hmm. know. That's another reason why I should probably check in on Pottermore a little bit more. Okay, so back to the news. Harry Potter Illustrated, the book that we were geeking out about on our first episode, if you remember, um, if you haven't read, heard our first episode, go back. I mean, this is a podcast, people. You can <laughs> just stop here, pause... Go listen to the first two episodes and then come back. You can do it. I promise. Anyway, so the Harry Potter Illustrated Edition finally got a release date. It comes out October 6th. Um, new images are at the Rolling Library, which is a great website if you um, haven't seen it yet. But there is a picture of Hagrid and baby Harry on a motorcycle. All oh, so cute. So cute. Oh, my God. So cute. Mm-hmm. Um, I apologize for that. Anyway, so the book is coming out October 6th, which is really close. So, um, so I was shocked by that. I mean, the release date probably was, it could have been released before. I was just too lazy to look it up last time we talked about it, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but, yeah, but you can pre-order it on Amazon, which is something I'm going to do as soon as I get paid. Um, and then I'm, like, kind of planning on, because I have a three-year-old sister, so I'm, like, kind of figuring out like I told my mom I was like all right so I'm gonna get this book and it's mine but I'm gonna read it to her and then maybe she'll like be into it because there's pictures but she can't have it or touch it because babies have grubby hands and I don't want it to get messed up so buy two copies we'll see buy that girl her own copy no we'll see how it looks when I get it I have a three-year-old if I need to if I need to like if it's if it if I feel like I need to get a new one, then okay. But I'm already going to buy her, like, the whole series in, like, Well, three I have years. a three-year-old cousin, also known as Bionis' three-year-old sister, and when I get paid... You can buy it for her. That's I'm cool. probably going to pre-order two copies. That's nice. I'm not stingy like that. That's and really nice. the truest thing that Bionis said in that whole thing was babies have grubby hands. So true. They're just so gross. She'll rip it. She'll, like, do all these terrible things. Oh, she's going to do all these things, and but I it'll be her own copy. I don't want to co-sign on that. Okay. So, um... Back to Potter News. There is a Harry Potter-themed bar in Toronto. So, new announcement. Robin is moving to Toronto (laughs) so she can become a drunk and spend all of her time at the Harry Potter bar drinking butter beer and fire whiskey. No, they also have stuff like, they have one that's called, like, the Shacklebolt. And, like, they have all these, like, different ones. Okay. 
It's really so awesome. exciting. I was like reading an article about it, and it's awesome, and I need to go there. I've been telling everyone that um, about it ever since Diana actually tweeted it out on our Twitter at black at we black and nerds. <laughs> nice plug. Um, <laughs> And ever since I saw that, I was like, this is everything. So <laughs> I'm excited about the hotter, the hotter, the Harry Potter themed bar. I already sound drunk. I'm, just, I'm drunk in my brain just mm-hmm. thinking about how awesome that is. Um, and then some other news, which um, I guess people have been freaking out about this week. Okay, I'm going to just say it first and then we can talk about it. But so basically we've been pronouncing Voldemort's name wrong, um, apparently. What? Um, so, so the T is silent. It's actually Voldemort, which I feel like, like, people were freaking out about it, but I feel like Rowling came out, like, a minute ago, like, years ago, saying that the T was silent. Only, and I only remember this because I remember, like, distinctly making the, like, decision in my head to just ignore it. Like, <laughs> like I think all of the, mo- like, not, maybe not all the movies are out, but, like, a good number of the movies are out, and as much as, like, I'm a book purist. Like, at a certain point, there's some influence, and they don't pronounce it without the T. And I just remember being like, I've been pronouncing it with a T for this long. Who cares? Whatever. I mean, it's, it's kind the same of like, thing. like it's kind of like the um, announcement that she made that Harry and Hermione should have got together. I heard it. Uh, but that took ended up being in. fake. I ignored it. Yeah. So um, it's you luckily know. that ended up being fake, but. Still, Still, if it hadn't been, I would have been like, whatever. Whatever, I don't believe you. Um, so, yeah, and I mean, spelling-wise, if I don't know if anyone has, like, taken French or anything, but I, I kind of knew early on that it was Voldemort, but when they started saying Voldemort, and it was something that you started talking about more often, when the, especially after the movies came out, it's just, it's like the guy who says that gifs are supposed to be pronounced gifs. Understood, but you're wrong. It's a gif. Understood, Queen Rowling, but it's Voldemort. We've been saying it too long now. We're not going to change. Yeah. That's just like one of the, that's like one of the few times when I like don't care about an announcement. And it wasn't even an announcement. I think somebody asked her and she was just like, yeah. Because she definitely said Look, it like a minute ago. His mama named him Tom. I'm going to call him Tom. <laughs> Um, okay. Not even his real name in the first place. Right. <laughs> um, okay, and then his, um, then his last news, which is not Potter-related, but I do not care, and I created the news little whatever list, and <laughs> we're going to talk about this because Doctor Who comes out next week. What? First episode of the ninth season, and I'm really excited. The prologue actually came out today. What? It's like a minute and a half, but it was awesome. We're about to get into some wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. I'm excited about it. Um, we will probably, as the show is on, I know this is a Harry Potter podcast, and that is what we will be focusing on. But let's be honest: if something happens on goes down on, on Doctor Harry, Who, Doctor Who, we will be talking we will about talk Doctor about Who. It. I mean, we'll try to keep it at like we'll try to keep it. It'll be in sure. the it'll be in the news story section. We'll, we'll just be like, we'll, yo, did y'all see what Clara did? Oh, but, or Maisie like, Williams. What? what? She was tight. And like, you know, sometimes there are Potter actors on Doctor Who. They're all British. They all, they all it's connected because they're all British. True um, story. We should actually do a next week. Next week we are gonna talk <laughs> about all of the Potter actors who have appeared on Who as a way to tie in our inevitable talking about Doctor Who. 
Woo! First, first episode. Yes. I'm so excited. Actually, two weeks from now, because... Oh, yeah, we, because when we... Record, when we record whatever. this... Actually, when we record... Yeah, when we record it, it'll be the day before. Four. That's so sad. Yeah. That's cool. No, we can still do it. Oh, we can just do a pre... And we oh. just won't talk about the episode. Or <laughs> we can, like, predict... Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. It'll happen. <laughs> okay, so let's actually talk about Harry Potter now. Um, yeah, so... The Letters from No One. Also known as Harry is not a Ravenclaw. Yep. Can't do it. He's just not going to be one. It's <laughs> cool. He, his mind is okay. It, it doesn't happen. Not everybody gets to be brilliant. It's true. And that's fine. I think that he can deal with that on his own and it doesn't seem to bother him. At all. You know, Harry's he got so many great it. qualities and, you know, like. That's just not one of them, no. and that's fine. It's fine. He's totally still a good, he's still a great kid. So when we left off in chapter two, Pierce had noticed that Harry was talking to the snake, and Uncle Vernon sent him to his cupboard with no meals. Um. So we open up chapter three, letters from no one with. The escape of the Brazilian boa constrictor earned Harry his longest ever punishment. Um, so I like read that and I was automatically just like angry at the Dursley. I was like, what do you mean longest ever? And they were talking about how um, he was he was he was allowed out of the cupboard again once summer holidays had started. Um, so I was like, when is Dudley's birthday? And this time I was not lazy. Um, and I like Googled when his birthday was. So his birthday is, I believe it was, why did I not write it down? Um, apparently, so I think it was June 23rd. And, and they get out of school um, later than we do in America. Um, so it was like July. So he was there. He was in his cupboard except for school for at least two weeks, which is a long time. But for some reason, it just seemed like, I think because it was his longest ever, it seemed like, I, I expected it to be like months or something. Yeah, so did I. I mean, just from what we know about the Dursleys and how they've treated him, um, two weeks is a long punishment, but you would think. I With mean, the I, Dursleys I, involved, I would have thought yeah. like two weeks was a base punishment. Which, yeah. And then like, yeah. So you, we just have such low expectations. And that's, we have such low expectations for how they'll treat him and, you know, how, what they do that. We were like, oh, two weeks, that's not that bad. Um, it's, just, it's still bad. It's still bad. The question I had was, was it still no meals? Because that means that every night for the last two weeks, Harry has been sneaking into the kitchen to feed himself enough to make up for the meals that he's missing. So, Which, that would make it terrible. Yes, so two weeks, no meals, and you were sneaking food, and yeah, terrible. So... Um, they don't say that, but it's the Dursley, so it's probably a safe assumption, I would think. What about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to think that, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Yeah. So, one thing that stuck out to me in, um, the early bits of this chapter, when, um, he, he talks about how, um, his punishment's over and school is out and Harry spent as much time as possible out of the house wandering around and thinking about the end of the holidays where he could see a tiny ray of hope. Um, And that's just really sad because it's one of those things when you have 
a sibling or someone that you um, are related to or whatever, and you are spending not only all of your home time with them, but all of your school time with them. Um, Harry is excited for the fact that his part of his day is no longer going to be about him being terrorized by Dudley. And also the possibility that maybe he gets some friends because he won't be, you know, at his school, since he's going to a different school as Dudley, he won't be known at his school as the kid that Dudley Dursley hates, so everyone stays away from. Right. So. But even then, the school he's going to doesn't sound that great. No, it doesn't, but, I mean, well, it's a public school. There's nothing wrong with public schools, people. I mean, I don't know. I don't live in no, there's Surrey, wrong with but school. I don't think um, there's anything wrong with public schools, but it does. No, but it was like the, they may or may not sh- put your head down the toilet on the first day. Um, which, before... That's Dudley. I was gonna say. But I was also, I just really wanted to, like, point out this little gem, because this is, like, the first time you hear Harry, like, have some sass and talk back. Which he does a lot in the series, but, like, this is the first time you see it. So, um, Dudley goes, um, they stuffed people's head down the toilet the first day at Stonewall, he told Harry. Want to come upstairs and practice? No thanks, said Harry. The poor toilets never had anything as horrible as your head down it. It might be sick. Then he ran away before Dudley could work out what he said. Yeah. Because Dudley is also not a Ravenclaw. Um, I also took a note of that because, yes, it's the first time that we see sassy Harry, who does show up often. But it's also heartwarming because he still has, like, self-worth. And he is able to stick up for himself. And I think I wrote down, like, able to keep sense of humor and stick up for himself in the face of... I mean, at 11 or 10 years old, almost 11. Like, he's been beaten down daily by Dudley and the Dursleys, and you would think at some point he could have just been like, yeah, you're right, or, you know, like, just not have any backbone. But he has kept his sense of humor, or he's managed to develop one, because, you know, he got there when he was one years old. So, um, So nine years or whatever. Anyway, but he's managed to develop a sense of humor and still, like you know, have some sass and, and stick up for himself and give to Dudley in a different way, but just as good as Dudley gives to him. Right. Um, what else? Oh, so Harry goes to Mrs. Figs, and it's only for, like, a paragraph that he's there, and, like, she's not so terrible to him. And so part of it, just because, like, of what we were talking about last week, um, about everyone who kind of just, like, treats Harry terribly and or like ignores when people when he's treated terribly so um there's this whole thing where like because she broke her leg tripping over one of her cats she wasn't as like crazy cat lady with them um and so she let Harry watch television and gave him a bit of chocolate cake um chocolate cake tasted like it had been um in her house for several years (laughs) but like, she was nice to him, which I was just like, why couldn't you have been doing this before? You could easily... Like, Harry knows not to... Well, my thing, too, is I think that... It's not that she hasn't been nice to him. It's just that she's weird, right? So it's like, okay, so she probably... When he does go over, he gets... He doesn't get to um, watch television because she, in her weirdness, thinks it's more enjoyable to talk about her cats. Maybe. You know? And so... It was just a more enjoyable time with Miss Fig this time because she's not so fond of her cat. So it's like, if you know when you go and you have lunch or something with like an you know an, your grandma or whatever, and they're really into you. I'm not your grandma. Your grandma's cool. Yeah. My grandma's cool. <laughs> um, but 
you know, like, an older relative or maybe some just older person that you don't really know very well, but, you know, you spend time with them and they are trying to connect with you and it's just terrible because you're like, what are we talking about? What are you talking about? I really, we have nothing in common, you know? So I kind of felt like reading that, it was, it just brought me, brought to mind the fact that like, maybe Miss Fig isn't terrible to him. It's just that being with her is terrible because maybe her house smells like 10 cats and all she does is talk about cats and he's 10 years old and he doesn't care. Yeah. So. That, yeah, I hope that that's what it is. And yeah, it's just funny because it, it also goes to show like how different opinions change, you know, people's perspective or, you know, people's different experiences change how they perceive a situation. Mm-hmm. So, um, can we talk about this stick that Dudley gets that's a part of his uniform? Um, and he's apparently supposed to, like, he can hit people with it? Like, why is that a thing? builds character. Okay, um. but can we just talk about how that's literally, like, the definition of white privilege? They're, like, being taught to, like, do all these, like, ridiculous things in a way that they're not, there aren't going to be any consequences for them. Like To do it behind the teacher's back. Right, when they aren't looking. And it's supposed to be good training for later life. Yeah, but, like, he's, yeah. Because, you know. white privilege type shit. If you hit someone, but it doesn't end up on the vine, did it really happen? Nah. White privilege. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. (laughs) (laughs) Nah. Yeah. Dudley's got to go. Yeah. But it's also really funny because Uncle Vernon um is just egging that on too so it's not only that like they're given a a smelting stick um he's going to smelting's academy or something like that um but so not only is it a part of his uniform and its purpose is to hit other boys with while not being caught but then um uncle vernon says that it, it's the proudest moment of his life to see Dudley in that uniform because it's Uncle Vernon's alma mater. And when we're getting to the bulk of the chapter here, the mail comes. Uncle Vernon says, get the mail, Dudley. Dudley, make Harry get it. Get the mail, Harry. And then Harry, with his sass and cuteness, make Dudley get it. Poke him with your smelting stick, Dudley. Which I'm just like, how do you, they just completely enable Dudley's bullying? Like yes. And not even enabling it, like, they're... Encouraged. Encouraging it, exactly. And it's, like, not even, uh, I'm, I'm gonna turn my back when you poke him with this melting tick. It's, like, no, I'm literally telling you to do it. Um, which is just, like, it's, it's messed up, basically. It's, 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 it's Dursley Parenting 101. It's terrible. Um, for both of the kids, actually. Um, but yeah, before we go to the next, like, part of this, I just want to take a moment to talk about these clothes, that Petunia is dying for Harry's uniform. Like, yeah. rather than just go, like, the thing that surpri- that not surprises me, but, like, stands out to me the most is that, like, they go out of their way to be terrible. You know what I mean? Like, they put, like, actual work into it. Like, sitting over a hot stove, dying some clothes. Gray. Gray. As opposed to just going to the store and buying some gray clothes that fit this kid. That's, like, in terms of labor, that's yeah. doing so much, but they're willing to do it because it's like 
a way to be terrible to Harry. And, and it's a way like, to reinforce that he is less than them. Right. But then it's like, you're putting so much work into this. Yes. I mean, it's like, go it's to the store, buy him one uniform that he has to wear over and over again. It'll get worn out faster than any of the other kids. He'll still look poor and sad, and everyone will be like, you've been wearing that same gray shirt for every day right. for six months, and you don't got another shirt. He'll still get abused, but, like, to go out of your way to, like, also break the school rules, because it's not the right uniform. She right. says... Um, no one, it's your new school uniform. When I'm dying some of Dudley's old things gray, it'll look just like everyone else's when I finished. Doubtful. Doubtful. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, my whole thing is like, okay, there's a different, like, you could first be like, okay, maybe they're just, they don't want to go out of their way to buy him things, but literally, like, sitting up there dying somebody's clothes is, that takes way much more energy than to just go buy some, I mean, I know they don't have, like, Amazon and shit, <laughs> at this time but it's so much easier to just go to the store and buy some clothes you could buy like like robin was just saying you could buy him like a shirt and some pants honestly like you could buy him too and then he could like alternate and do laundry or something but like it doesn't have to be this extreme yeah the labor it takes to not give him clothes is, is ridiculous is ridiculous i love when harry's like i didn't realize it had to be so wet <laughs> and i was like either like, that's that's cute sass. Also, that's if you thought it was going to be wet, that's, like, not Ravenclaw business Behavior. either. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, come on. Also, I think it's funny because Harry says he was going to start his first day at Stonewall High looking like he was wearing bits of old elephant skin. Dudley and Uncle Vernon come in with wrinkled noses because of the smell from his uniform. So not only is she punishing Harry, she's punishing everyone in that house with, like, this nasty old dying of clothes. Right. Just to be terrible to Harry. Just to be terrible. Um, So after avoiding getting hit by um, Dudley's stick, his smelting, smelting stick, Harry goes to get the mail, which sets off the montage of Welp, Harry, definitely not a Ravenclaw. Let's go. <laughs> Harry picked it up, picked up the mail, a postcard from Uncle Vernon's sister, um, who's vacationing on the Isle of Wight, a brown envelope that looked like a bill and a letter for Harry. Uh, and then he's like, no one ever in his whole life had written to him. Who would? He had no friends, no other relatives. He didn't belong to the library, so he never got rude notes asking for books back. I made a note there that he would have been a lot happier had he belonged to the library. And he probably would have also thought, maybe I should read this in the hall real quick. But Yeah, if he had, maybe if he needed <laughs> to read some more. Read some more. That's how you get smarter. Yeah, um, not a Ravenclaw. So he, yeah, here was a letter addressed so plainly there could be no mistake. Mr. H. Potter. The cupboard under the stairs, four privet drive, little whinging, Surrey. Also, I took the time to go on Google and look up Surrey. Surrey is like, I guess, a state over from, I don't know if it's Britain has states or territories or what's the difference between like another, another word know. for that. Um, but thinking back to the first chapter when they were setting off fireworks in Kent, Surrey is actually the next state over so it would probably be like from california to arizona 
something like that. They're they're touching, but they're different spots. That's a little bit of uh, English geography for you guys listening at home. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Um, yeah, so the envelope was thick and heavy and made of yellowish parchment, and the address was written in emerald green. So, and there was no stamp, which is so cute because owls don't need stamps. Nope. They don't need them, so... But there was a seal with the coat of arms, and it's so magical because it has a lion, an eagle, a badger, and a snake surrounding a large letter H, which is just like, we're about to do this. We're about to be at Hogwarts. That is... So exciting. So exciting. Oh, my God. Um, I was trying to think back. It's been so long, and also, I mean, I can't remember my life before Harry Potter, but I was just trying to think back to, like, what... 11-year-old Robin was thinking when she read that for the first time, and um, was I 11? Something like that. And um, how I didn't know what that meant. You know, I didn't know that that was the Hogwarts seal or the Hogwarts crest, Um, but knowing that it was kind of exciting and knowing that, like, obviously from the cover and everything, we're about to do some magic, so um, I was kind of, I felt a little sad that I couldn't tap into that feeling of what it was like the first time reading this book. So I'm very jealous of it. I really can't. I can remember the first time reading, really the main one I can remember of the first time reading is um, Deathly Hollows. Me too. I think I was way too young to remember reading this for the first time. Like, It's also like, I, it's because it's the first series, or the first book in the series, whenever I would reread, this is probably the book that I've read the most because before... This was, um, like, second most for me. Probably. Probably. But, yeah, before the second book came out, I read this one again to, like, get ready for the second book. Before right. the third book came out, I read the first and the second. So, you know, mm-hmm. I read the first book so often. And it's also, like, sometimes when I just feel bad, I will pick up this book. It's an easy read, and it makes me happy. And, yeah, so um, can't remember my initial reaction to it, but um, it just sounds... It reads so, like, exciting. You know what I mean? You just can't wait for him to tear open this letter. But then he doesn't, because, one, Dudley's, like, not very nice. So you didn't have to tell anybody, Dudley, that Harry got a letter. You could have just kept that to yourself. Just like Pierce. You didn't have to tell nobody that Harry's talking to that snake, Pierce. Why is everybody telling on Harry? Ain't got nothing to do with you. Ain't got nothing to do with you. Mind your business. Mind your business. But um, he walks into the back into the dining room, gives Uncle Vernon the other two pieces of mail and sits down and slowly begins to open the yellow envelope. Slowly. You should have already... Had that thing open, popped open, and reading it by now. Or at least just slipped it into your cupboard and left it, but he really thought he could just read some some letters, some mail um, with the Dursleys around. Like they were going to give him any type of autonomy and privacy because he's gotten, you know, so much respect the past 10 years of his life. Not a Ravenclaw. Um, so Dudley says suddenly, Dad, Harry's got a letter. And Harry was on the point of unfolding his letter, which was written in the same heavy parchment as the envelope. He hadn't even got it open before Uncle Vernon had looked at the bill, tossed the bill, and read or skimmed through Marge's postcard. Harry was taking his sweet time with that seal. Come on. Um, yeah, and then I think, um, huh, since we're talking about Petunia a lot, too, at least we were in the first 
uh, episode of this. Um, so she takes it and she, for a moment, it looks like she might faint. Um, she clutched her throat and made a choking noise. So like, to me, just now knowing her history, I'm, I'm wondering, like, there has to be like more than just like one emotion going through her at this moment. Like, obviously she's shocked, which I don't know why she would be shocked. Uh, their whole like attempt to evade the like wizards and like the whole, that whole world makes no sense to me. Cause I'm like, at a certain point, like you just gotta know they can use magic to get stuff done like you can't run away i actually wrote down further in the chapter i'm just bringing this up because of what you just said Mm -hmm. um not even further the chapter the next page but they're like refusing to believe in magic even though they of of all muggles know about its existence um because they're directly affected by it it reminds me of people that still deny global warming it's like you but but it exists you can't pretend like it i mean you could pretend like it doesn't exist but you can't really run away from it yeah because it's here it's literally in your face so it's going to catch up with you eventually yeah and it, when it does petunia is about to faint <laughs> and yeah so it's just like it seems like there's like some mix of being like there's shock obviously there's like she's afraid she's angry and i just put like jealous with a question mark like i'm sure there's something some kind of like i don't know memory of her sister at that moment too so maybe there's some sadness i don't know probably not she's kind of terrible at this point um but just like some jealousy and like remembering probably how it felt when her sister got the letter um like all those years ago and she didn't Um, Well, you have to remember, too, when her sister got the letter, she was celebrated for it. So this was also another thing of, like, oh, my Dudley is way better than this Harry Potter, and yet Harry's being set apart, you know? Right. So I think there is some jealousy there, and it's probably not for herself, but now, like, feeling jealousy for Dudley. Like, if anyone deserves to go to this magical school, it's her it'll Dudleykin, Steady Dudums, or whatever. Um, she shouldn't have married Vernon then. She sure shouldn't have. Um, that boy is full muggle. <laughs> <laughs> Just squash out any of that, any of that magical business. Yeah. Um, oh, we get, we, it's the first time we see all caps Harry too. Yeah, I think it's also, I said, like, look at, I was like, good for him. He sticks up for himself because while Dudley is hitting his father with the smelting stick so he can look at the letter because that's somehow his business. His right? I don't know. Dudley, mind your business. Mm. Um, Uncle Vernon's kicking them both out, and Harry says, I want to read it as it's mine. And then, being ignored, all caps Harry, I want my letter. Shouted. Um, yeah, and then du- yeah, Dudley's just too entitled. Like, what makes you think that you need to see somebody else's letter? And nothing to do with you. Yeah. Like literally nothing to do with you, but because, like the because his parents usually give him what he wants. It's so interesting to see like how he behaves when they don't, and it's so interesting because I'm sure to him it must be really confusing because here he is he always gets what he wants and like he if he does it right away he can throw a tantrum he knows how to get around it to the point where like at the end of it what he, he asked for or demanded he gets. Um, but then there are certain moments where they just completely are like not where they're just completely immune to that. Um, and it's so interesting to see how he acts because he's just so it's more like he's just confused. He's like, I don't get like, what else can I do? How are they not? They, they're not listening to me. They're not doing what I told them to do. And I feel like that's a, it's a problem. Like you should be used to hearing no 
at a certain point in and your life. And we should be able to, like, accept that at certain points. Exactly. I mean, there are certain things, like, if you want to be um, a, I don't know, if you want to be a musician and your parents are like, musician, it's not a good career. No, don't do that. You can rise above. But if you want to be a unicorn... Like, at a certain point, I'm assuming when you're three or four, but maybe for Dudley, when you're 11 or 12 or 30, you have to just accept, I'm never going to be a unicorn. And he doesn't know how to just accept the no. And And that's that's, because they always tell him yes. Yes. And that's a problem. It's a big problem. And And also the way they tell him no when they finally do is not great. Because then they end up treating him pretty much the same as they treat Harry. And it's like a weird... Like, as much as I don't want to feel sympathy for Dudley, um, it's a it's a weird thing. Like, you, it'll give you whiplash. You're confused. It's like, why are my parents suddenly treating me terribly? Especially after seeing the way that they treat Harry, I feel like, I mean, obviously it didn't end up in terms of, it didn't end up having, like, lasting effect like that because I'm sure that he, that he didn't hear no very often. Um, but just the way you hear it, if just all of a sudden your parents, like, hot and cold, all of a sudden your parents are like, adamantly ignoring you or like angry with you like the way like how your brain registers that has to be like that's weird it's like can be damaging potentially um but yeah the the Dursleys are just not great parents um not no so um so then they kick out Dudley and Harry and they have a little scrap because Dudley still feels entitled to this news that and it kind of also goes back to chapter one or chapter two, actually, um, where there, where Harry says he's used to them talking about him like he's not there. Um, like, this thing is happening, and it directly affects Harry, but Dudley's fighting because, as if he just wants to know this thing. Yeah, he, he just, just wants some it. gossip, and he doesn't internalize that to Harry. Like, this is something that directly affects him. Someone, for the first time ever has written to him. Someone wants to communicate with him, and it's not the the Dursleys, and he wants to know why. Um, And even if he doesn't think about, like, Hogwarts or what that means, like, maybe in his brain it's like, maybe it's someone that knows my parents. Maybe it's, you know, he has no idea. You know, his brain's running rampant. Um, So the fact that Dudley even thinks that it's logical to get into a furious but silent fight over who would listen at the keyhole is insane to me. It's like, it doesn't have nothing to do with you. Obviously, Harry should be the one eavesdropping from the keyhole. But, you know, Dudley being so big, one, and Harry um, has to lay flat on his stomach to listen at the crack between the door and the floor. Um, And this is when it gets really... um, interesting thinking about all that we know later on about Petunia and what she knows and what her and Vernon know um, because they are talking um, about and again it gets back to like the their staunch just denial talking about like how could they possibly know where he sleeps obviously they're spying on us like magic but also if they know where he sleeps they need to get him the fuck out of there which Dumbledore you're yes. not doing your job. You know that he's in a cupboard, and yet you're you cool with that? You didn't show up before that? You didn't show up? 
then you're gonna show up some other time when he's like grown and can like leave if he wants but you're gonna tell him oh petunia he gotta stay at your house but when he's in the cupboard you don't care you don't come send no hours to petunia when he's in the cupboard seriously minerva you're writing this minerva where are you at miss headmistress associate headmistress i ain't even been in here for two chapters and i'm still angry angry don't make any sense he's in the cupboard under the stairs the cupboard not the room the cupboard but anyway um vernon decides that they're going to ignore it if they don't get an answer they will go away which is just like vernon's not a ravenclaw either Mm -hmm. and petunia pretty smart is like i don't think that's gonna work (laughs) um She's like, but, and, she, and he says, I'm not having it in the house, Petunia. Didn't we swear when we took him in, we'd stamp out that dangerous nonsense. So at least they, I mean, that kind of tells me that, like, maybe they, they're thinking, considering what happened to Harry's parents, they're trying to save him from some danger. Nah. Um, I know that that's not it, and I know the danger to them is the fact that they are going to be associated with this um wizard and this weirdo and whatever and he's not normal that's the danger they're talking about is their association with him um but for a fleeting moment i thought oh that's sweet they think he's in danger and they want to protect him from it and then my brain bitch slapped me and was like you know that's not right but you know, um, and then that goes back to like calling it nonsense when it's like you know that this exists, right? Um. Okay, so then later, Uncle Vernon visits Harry in his cupboard. Um, which okay, so there's this part where Harry's like, "So where's my letter? Who's writing to me?" And Uncle Vernon says, "No one. It was addressed to you by mistake. I have burned it." And I'm just like, "Okay, that was terrible lying because well, if he he burned it for sure, but I'm just like." If it was addressed to you by mistake, if it was somebody else's mail, why are you burning someone else's mail? Right. I don't understand. Isn't that a federal thing? Oh, I don't know, but I'm sure. Tampering with mail in America is a federal offense. So, you know. Yeah. Don't do it. He's just not a good liar. If your son or daughter gets a letter from the, um, what's the American school? Oh, Salem, Salem Witch Institute. Witch Institute. Don't burn it, because I will call the feds on you. (laughs) That is a federal offense, tampering with mail. Even if the mail was delivered by an owl, don't do it. Don't do it. Huh. Um, Don't do it. uh, (laughs) Wow. Um, So then, so basically Uncle Vernon... He comes, the, only, the whole reason he came down to the cupboard is to tell Harry that they want to move him into Dudley's second bedroom. So they're like, your aunt and I have been thinking, you're really getting a big bit, a bit big for it. Um, and so it's so weird because Vernon is trying so hard to look nice, to seem nice. And it's kind of creepy. Um, but it's also just weird because it's like, he can't even like, he can't even be nice just to be nice. He has to do it. He has some kind of ulterior motive. So he's doing it in this moment so that because he thinks that somehow they won't know where he lit, where he sleeps anymore, like the wizards or something. 
Well, I think it's also they know that they should be ashamed that he's sleeping in a right. cupboard. So they're like, somebody knows bedroom. that he's sleeping in a cupboard, cupboard, so now we need to move him, so yeah. we don't know. But it's to cover their own selves. Right. It's, it's totally it for has nothing parents to do. Yeah, that. it's for parents and has nothing to do with Harry. Because they are always warring between how terribly they can treat Harry and the and what the appearance of them are. So they know that what they're how they're treating him isn't the best and they know that the things that they do to him are terrible but it's okay as long as no one else knows so as soon as they think that someone else is going to notice that they are treating this boy terribly and that will make them think about the dursleys in a bad light that's when they decide okay it's t- you're getting big for the cover and you should move right and it's just like if you know you're doing a kid wrong like why are- why keep doing that? <laughs> like, yeah, they're just they're horrible because they're super like cognizant of how they're treating him. Yes, they're not just oblivious to it. Um, yeah, like it only takes Harry one trip to get all of his stuff from the cupboard to the room, whereas Dudley has stuff like everywhere in this room, just like everything broken. And, like, just going down the list of the things that Harry sees that has been broken is more stuff than Harry even has to move. So, um, Dudley's brand new month-old video camera was lying on top of a small shelf. No! Okay, so the sister we were talking about before... Has entered the room. Hi, Ami. Hi, Ami. You have to say hi. Hi. (laughs) Okay, so, um... Harry's got to move around his month-old video camera lying on the top of a small working tank that um, Dudley once drove over the neighbor's dog. Hopefully the dog's okay. Um, In the corner was Dudley's first ever television set, which he put his foot through. What is that? That's Mickey Mouse. I want to... I don't want to... Actually... Why did she come in here? Because you're not supposed to be in here. here. Where's the panda? Bye, Ami. Bye, Ami. Say bye. I want to watch Dora. We're not watching Dora. You can do that somewhere else. (laughs) She's a menace. (laughs) Um, Okay, what are we talking about? So, I'm just going through the things. So, Dudley, his first television set, which means that he's had television sets since, is broken because he put his foot through it, which at that point is like, you don't ever get a television set again. Um, But all of these things that like Harry is seeing that are broken and like not taken care of um, a birdcage that held a parrot that he swapped for an air rifle that is also on a shelf because he sat on it. Books, which is really funny because those are the only things in the room that looked as though they'd never been touched and I was thinking, if I was Harry and I finally got to move into that room, I'd be like, oh, yes, look at all these books. But since Harry is not a Ravenclaw, they will continue to not be touched. Um, but, yeah, so all of these things that Harry is seeing in his new room is more than Harry even had to move from the cupboard into that room. And they can't and throw things discarded. away. They don't have trash. Like Quarters. That don't make any sense. Okay, um... And, oh, and then again, so when we go to the next morning and Dudley's in shock because he threw, like, the tantrum of a century and threw his tortoise through the greenhouse roof. 
Just to get his room back. Hit his father. Repeatedly whacked his father with the smelting stick. Been sick on purpose, which I'm guessing means like he threw up. Probably. Gross. Um, And he still doesn't have his room back. And so, yeah, like Brianna was saying earlier, it's like he's pulled out every tool or every trick in the book and he didn't get what he wants. And so now he's in shock. He was rather quiet because he was, he still hasn't gotten what he's wanted. Right. Um, then Harry gets another letter. Um, but since Dudley gets it first, that's not happening. Um, and then what else? Oh, when Harry tries to sneak down in the morning to go get to see if he can get the letter early. Um, and then he steps on Vernon's face because Uncle Vernon is sleeping right outside the door so he can get the <laughs> mail first. Which is just like, this is when you see like, Vernon, like, like his just... Descent into madness. Yeah, basically. <laughs> he just starts He's to just lose downward spiral for the rest of the chapter. Um, he pulls out his mustache because... Um, oh, I, I skipped ahead, but... You did, because that's, that's right after the, uh, the letters come whizzing down the chimney. The dirt. So, but let's duck. say this, so... Okay, so... Dudley got the mail... Oh, yeah. So, obviously, Harry couldn't get that letter. And then Uncle Vernon doesn't go to work the next day and stay, and, or, or no, Harry steps on his face, so yep. he obviously couldn't get those letters. And then he doesn't go to work the next day. He stayed home to mail up the mail slot, so obviously, Harry couldn't get those letters. On Friday, no less than 12 letters arrived for Harry, and as they couldn't go through the mail slot, they had been pushed under the door, slotted through the sides, and a few even forced through the small window in the downstairs bathroom. Harry couldn't get any of those letters. So they have an owl, and, like, how come the owl can just stuff it in Harry's window? Questions, but... Anyway, either way, on Saturday... In the bathroom, you couldn't get that Harry letter? That appara- letter? Apparently not. Um, on Saturday... Um, there were 24 letters that were hidden in each of the two dozen eggs that their very confused milkman had handed Aunt Petunia through the living room window. Um, I think those yeah. were actually sent by magic because owls oh, yeah, no, no, no. That don't was have opposable, dis- yeah. opposable thumbs, so that just, they can't <laughs> do that. But, um, and then no post on Sundays, no except post. when they come down the kitchen chimney, um, the Dursleys ducked, but Harry leapt into the air trying to catch one. 30 or 40 letters came you, pelting out of the fireplace. And he was just leaping in the air, which is not how you pick things up. Get on the floor, Harry. Gravity. Gravity. There are laws. Get on the floor. Just bend down, pick it up. Get, get like on lock yourself in the, the cupboard lock yourself floor. in your cuz you're not going to be able to make it to the bedroom just lock yourself in the cupboard read it and then shove it down your two big pants do right. something come on it's just a problem come on anyway that's when Vernon decides that enough is enough and it's time for them to leave um so basically they just he just resorts to running away <laughs> This is when Vernon goes from a slow descent into madness to he has completely lost it. He is trying to speak calmly, but pulling great tufts out of his mustache at the same time. Um, And he wants them packed up and ready to go in five minutes. No arguments. 
Can we just talk about Dudley trying to pack a t- his television, VCR, and computer into his sports bag? Like, and this is before laptops, people, so... That's a whole lot. PCU. Like a tower computer. Dudley and a Ravenclaw. <laughs> Um, pretty much, it's no longer Harry's in the Ravenclaw, it's just nobody is. Nobody in this house is the Ravenclaw. Nah. Um, and then they just drove, and Uncle Vernon is just taking a sharp turn, muttering to himself. Nobody's asking where they're going. Here's another thing, um, I would like to think that if your husband, father, uncle has shown, has proven that they have lost their mind, you would not just get in the car willingly with that person. Nah. Like, Petunia, I know you love you some necklace, Vernon Dursley. I know that's your bae. Ride or die. Mm-hmm. I get it. But at a certain point, you're going to have to be like, so this is my baby. This is my little itty dudley wubbykins. Diddly kins. Diddly ickies. Duddy waters. Dudley cake. We are not about to get in this car with you because you have lost it. So he's taking random curves, like doubling back, shake him off, shake him <laughs> off, he says, like he's Taylor Swift or something, because he is on a mission to outsmart and get away from this male. Um, and then... They go to a gloomy looking hotel, which I'm like, even if you're gonna, even if you're gonna like be on the run, you can't be like on the cool side of on the run. You can't be on some like James Bond type stuff where you got a safe house. I mean, I know they're not, they're probably not like a rich. So let me, let me bring it back. They couldn't go to like a hotel. Right. They couldn't go to a nice hotel. They had to go to one where their breakfast had to be stale cornflakes and cold tomatoes. They couldn't go to like a a Motel 8 or something. I mean, I don't know. Motel I don't stuff. know. Like, they four have stars. It doesn't have to be, like, fancy, but I gotta be scary. Yeah. I mean, it's part of it's like, do y'all want to punish Harry so bad that you're willing to punish yourself? Right. Sleep on damp, musty sheets. <clears throat> and Dudley is howling. He's never had such a bad day. Hungry. Missed five television programs he wanted to see. Which I get because you didn't get to record television This back is before then. DVR. So... I'm kind of with that. Like, I get it. You missed it. You missed it. If I had missed, like, Doctor Who, for example, and there was no way to figure out how to watch it, how to find it. And you know you're going to go back to school and everyone's going to talk about it. No DVR, no Hulu, no Netflix. And you're going to go back to school. Hopefully, when your daddy gets his mind back, you go back and you're you're four episodes behind behind Doctor Who. You just missed the first four episodes of Doctor Who. Like, who is this Clara? What do you do? What is happening? Nah, I would have had to fight. Yeah. So, I get it. We give you a pass on that one, Dudley. A little bit. Um, so, when they're at this um, hotel, the agent comes, or the owner of the hotel comes over and says, she's got about 100 letters from Mr. H. Potter at the front desk. If it says the room number, they could have just given it to them to them at the room. My whole thing that's so irritating is like, you know exactly where he is. Just give the letter exactly to where he is. Like, why are you just putting it in the vicinity? Whatever. So, Uncle Vernon says very quickly, standing up and following her, that he'll take them, and they have to continue on. Even though Aunt Petunia says, wouldn't it be better just to go home, dear? And Dudley's like, daddy's gone mad, timidly, hasn't he? Daddy's gone mad, and Aunt Petunia can't lie to her little itty-duddy-wuddykins, and she just doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so they drive in the middle of a plow field, get out, or they stop in the middle of a plow field while they're driving. He gets out of the car, gets back in, looks around. He's gone full mad. Um, and they park at the coast. Uncle Vernon gets out, locks them all inside the car, and disappears. So. I hope we roll the windows down. I mean, it started to rain, so. Just a little They're bit. not going to overheat, but still. Um, oxygen. Oxygen. So, Dudley is now facing the loss of the great Umberto, which, I mean... This is when I take back what I said, because, Dudley, <laughs> you're going to watch something called The Great Umberto. Come on, son. Doctor Who. At least do something good. Well, so the, was Doctor Who on this time? Doctor Who's been on forever. Oh, no, no, it, no, because it, it was, was right during the hiatus. The, yep. This is actually... Touché. This is, like, right before the... New no, Who? The, the movie. Oh, God. Yeah. I still haven't watched the movie. We should live-tweet the movie. We should live-tweet the movie. Is it on movie. Netflix? Um, it's on YouTube, I believe. It might be on Netflix, too, actually. We are getting off point. We are. But stay tuned, because black girls will nerd out on the Doctor Who movie. Coming to a Twitter near you. Um, anyway, so because Dudley knows can the television calendar or schedule so well, Harry finds out that he is spending his birthday eve in a car locked in with his favorite people um while uncle vernon loses it so right but it's just like my other thing is like he just remembers that his birthday is the next day like he hasn't been thinking about it or counting down to it at all and it's like it's so i don't know it's just so sad to me because it's such a non-event at the dursley's house like but it also the fact that like they give him a coat hanger and a pair of Uncle Vernon's old socks last year. Like, that's so they, they recognize that it, it's not but fun. They, they might but as they well just give him nothing, nothing at that point. They like, really should have. But this is. And that's like, oh, we remembered your birthday, but we don't care enough to actually do anything about it. Here, have a coat. We hanger. care enough to give you crap gifts to let you know. That we know. That we disdain you. Like, like, our, like, to let you know how much we dislike you. But then it goes back to show, like, what a great, like, just an inherently great. And positive person Harry is because he says still you weren't 11 every day so you know he knows like his birthdays aren't fun he's probably going to get a bag of soggy chips or some stale cornflakes but you know hey it's his birthday and you don't turn 11 every day so um he can still remain positive and that's why you even in the chapter like this when he's showing you how much of a Ravenclaw he is not you still love him some Hufflepuff in him. There's some Hufflepuff there. Yes. Yes. No Ravenclaw. <laughs> He's got a little Slytherin. Got a lot of Gryffindor. Some Hufflepuff. Not a trace. Nah. He got a smidge of Ravenclaw. It just hasn't, it hasn't manifested yet. Um, it hasn't developed. Because he was at that sorry excuse for a school system that was just letting him get abused. But when he gets to a fine institute of learning. He still slacks, but... Whatever. Um, we'll talk about Harry's education later. Um, so Vernon comes back smiling and carrying a long, thin package and didn't a- answer Petunia when she asked what he bought. This is so, to me, just like 
why are y'all still carrying on with this charade? Like, he is not well. Well, now they're in the middle of nowhere, so how are they going to get out? Um, the should have, well, he probably He the locked keys. them in. He took yeah. the keys. I'd have been like, I'm <laughs> not. <have> dipped. <laughs> Petunia should have got out of the car Hot and been wired, like, something. Mm, I'm not doing it. I'm not getting back in here. You're going to have to carry me. You have to swim me to this little hut on the rock. Right. They really get on this old rowboat in the middle of a storm to go to this little island in the middle of nowhere in a broken down house. Storm forecast for tonight, he says gleefully, clapping his hands together. And this gentleman kindly agreed to lend us his boat. So this toothless old man comes ambling up to them, pointing with a weather rick- wicked grin to an old rowboat bobbing in the iron gray water below them. Um, so freezing, they get on the boat. Icy sea spray and rain crept down their necks and a chilly wind whipped their faces. And Uncle Vernon is just gleefully chipper and leading the way to a broken down house. He's probably humming to himself, I bet. I think they say at one point. Oh, no, that was on. That was later he did, too. He was singing. Yeah, nah, he was definitely so weird. He's in a good mood. That's creepy. He is literally having a mental breakdown, like. He is, he has had a breakdown, and we are midst Uncle Vernon breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, the inside was horrible. It smelled strongly of seaweed, and it the wind whistled through the gaps in the wooden walls, and the fireplace was damp and empty. And his rations, knowing how much Dudley loves to eat, turned out to be a bag of chips each. And four bananas. So, I mean, at least he got... Some food. And Harry got the same amount. They each got chips and a banana. Yep. And then they got to go to sleep. And Harry got to sleep on the softest bit of floor he could. He could. He could find. And then curl up under the thinnest and most ragged blanket. Because the Dursleys are terrible. Even when they're all suffering together. Yes. Unpetunia found a few moldy blankets in the second room and made up a bed for Dudley. But Harry had to sleep on the floor. With the thinnest blanket. Anyway, um, Harry's up and he's like countdown. He's doing a countdown to his birthday. um, And there's all these creaks and groans and thumps and bumps and stuff. um, And maybe the house on Privet Drive would be so full of letters when they got back. He could be able to steal one somehow. I doubt it. (laughs) <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Obviously, he's the, not obviously, He's not good with that. Yes, and obviously they have been following you, Harry, so they know you're not at Privet Drive, so why would they continue to send letters there? The letters have been following you. You're not a Ravenclaw. Anyway, as he's counting down, he gets a loud boom, funny crunching noises, the rock crumbling into the sea. Three, and then... Oh, go ahead. Oh, my favorite is when he's counting down and he's like, maybe he'd wake Dudley up just to annoy him. Yeah. <laughs> just like, you should. But he doesn't have to because, boom, the whole shack shivered and Harry sat bolt upright staring at the door. Someone was outside knocking to come in. And that's where we end chapter three letters from no one. So um, I think that this chapter just is really funny because it's, it's one of those kind of chapters where not much happens. But it sets up what's going to come. So it's got a really great cliffhanger 
of someone was outside knocking to come in. Like, it was so hard for me not to turn the page and keep going. Like, and I know what's happening. And, I mean, I could still keep reading and come back to, like, next week and we could talk about it. But um, it is just one of those really great, like, cliffhangers, even though not much. The chapter is basically Uncle Vernon and the Dursleys and Harry and Uncle Vernon having a breakdown. Um, but let's just do real quick the real MVP and who's bench. So my real MVP is Hagrid, obviously. Um, I don't care. I know He's that, not no, in that he no. is because he just knocked on the door to come in. And so he won this chapter. <laughs> OK, like he's about to change Harry's life. He might win the next chapter, too. I don't know yet. I got to read it. But <laughs> he just won this chapter because Harry's been going through some stuff. And the Dursleys have been horrible, and Hagrid just came to change his life for the better, and so I think that Hagrid won. Um, who's benched is the Dursleys, obviously. I feel like almost every, like, chapter that they're in, they're gonna lose. Um, so it's really not that difficult to choose. Um, so yeah. You're kind of cheating, though, because you're saying the Dursleys, but I also put an entire system, I benched them all, so, I mean, you can do that. Yeah, if but, it's like in a group, you can't yeah. be like this person, this person, and this person, but if you're just like... The Collectively. Yeah, yes. that makes sense. Collectively, so, you're benched. Yeah, the Dursleys are benched, but Hagrid won. So my MVP was those owls, because they were doing some work. Sure. Overtime, clock it. Get your newts, <laughs> eat some treats, and be like Minerva. Bitch better have my money. <laughs> I have gone through Hill and Dale. I've been in Surrey. I went to this cold-ass rock. I went to some rundown motel room. Like, I've been traveling here and there. I've been putting stuff in slots in the bathroom. The owls are putting in work. And so, MVP. Benched Vernon. Um, I kind of want to do a special benching of Harry because get on the floor, son. But (laughs) you've had a rough one. It's a shock, I know. I mean, I can't expect the world from you yet. But Vernon, you definitely were doing too much. And you were making those owls work hard. So, unnecessarily work hard. So, yeah, you're benched. Cool. Um, so, make sure to tell, let us know who you think are the real MVP and who's benched. Um, you can use the hashtag wizard team. Um, you can also, you can add us at We Black and Nerds. Um, yeah. And tell us also, like, what you think of this chapter. Did you find it, you know, fun, sad? What were your favorite parts? Like, just, you know, this is a conversation, so let us know. We will most definitely talk back to you because we love talking Potter. Um, So, yeah, let us know who your real MVP is and who you think is benched. And any other thoughts you have about Chapter 3, Letters from No One. Yep. Shout out to that interruption by Aminata. Yeah. Our third co-host. We welcome her. You know, we'd like to say you probably won't hear from her again, but we can't promise that. (laughs) Because the girl does what she wants. Yep. Um, so yeah, make sure to follow us all on social media at We Black and Nerds, hashtag Wizard Team. Um, yep, and then next week we will be discussing chapter four, the keeper of the keys. Hagrid! Woo! Um, yeah, basically the time the time when Hagrid comes is drops all the knowledge. All of it. The only time he says things he's supposed to say too. True. 
Like every other time he's not supposed to have said something. He he dropped some, he a just, few keeper of the keys. He said, oh, shouldn't have said that. But, but you know. For the most part. For the most part, he and and he lays down the law on the Dursleys. It's the first time that, the best. you know, the Dursleys get a smackdown that they rightfully deserve. So yep. we are very excited for the next chapter. And we're getting, guys, we're we're one step closer to Hogwarts. Oh we're getting goodness. there. So close. Um, We're about to be in Diagon Alley soon. Oh my gosh. Uh, magic. All right. So yeah, just make sure to read and and or remember and follow along with us. Um, thank you for listening. We and will see you next week. Yep.